Thanks, folks, for tuning back in. Sorry, it's been a while since we uh, did a podcast. Uh, a lot of crap's been going on, which we'll get to in the meeting or uh, in time. But today's guest is Wasim Khan. Thanks for coming by. Sure, great to be here. So, Wasim is one of the, uh, I guess you can say, uh, Muslim meathead co-founders. I guess. I I wasn't. I was. I guess indoctrinated earlier on. Yeah. Uh, but now the thing's grown to, I don't know how many folks, but I, I would say probably Shamel, yeah. Shamel Malik, maybe uh, even uh, Zayn Qureshi. Yeah. Um, I think those two guys kind of started the whole thing. Uh-huh. But yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's pretty, uh, pretty awesome space to kind of share, uh, you know. Oh, it is. It definitely is. Your, your physical exercises, content. They got brothers from all around. Um, Probably the states now, because there's some guys in there from like Virginia. Yeah, I saw that. Um, it's pretty, yeah, it's pretty sweet. Yeah, no, it's. Uh, I was honored to be uh, added to it. It's a, uh, it's a lot of data and info and stuff. Yeah. But it's very helpful. It's a good community. Um, so I met you, I guess through. Oh, actually, you tell me how did we meet? You know what. <laughs> That's funny because I was actually thinking about that on the way here, and I was like, "How did I actually meet Moose?" Um, and I think it may have—I think originally, as far back as it goes, like the Silk Road uh, yeah. restaurant, and you were there, yes. kind of bussing there. Yeah, and, Silk Road, twenty years now. Yeah. Oh my goodness. And that place was a gem because we didn't have all of this. Like we didn't have like the hills and all these other spots and. Uh, I had a cousin who literally would go there all the time, and mm-hmm. anytime she'd go, I'd kind of like tag along. Yeah. And I think I met you through there, and then we had some mutual friends, and then, yeah. you know. And now here we are. We, I wind up, you know, at Hills probably like every other week. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. That's it's it. crazy. Uh, full disclosure, I have allergies, so I might be coughing. Okay, no worries. Um, and uh, shameless plug. Magic Mind, please sponsor us. This is, uh, I see UFC fighters take this all the time. This has a lot of things in it. It says shake, breathe, and drink. 55 milligrams of caffeine. Matcha, adaptogens, nootropics, immunity. I'm giving this to you. Nice. Hopefully you shouldn't do anything too crazy. I mean, if, do you drink green tea or not even that? Uh, I don't really drink teas. I mean, yeah. I think I was having this conversation. Like, I stopped caffeine. Mm-hmm. Um, just kind of, you know, just take salt tabs usually. Like yeah. I take these, uh, folks probably know, like noon tabs. Uh-huh. Um, just kind of, you know, getting the sodium back in the body. That's kind important. Of thing. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's just uh, for a long time when I was working out, I was taking like C4 and all these oh, like, yeah. you Good know, old days. Pre-workouts. Jacked. Yeah. And um, I don't know. I just... Uh, I had a health complication happen, and uh, it was kind of advised to me to stop taking caffeine. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, kind of not a lot of products out there yeah, no. where you have pre-workouts. I mean, there are some, but <coughs> kind of never explored it. I was just like, hey, you know, I'm just going to try to just work out, yeah. you know, without taking anything. Yeah. Um, you know, nowadays, it's mostly like I'll eat some watermelon sometimes. That's good. Or, you know, like the noon tabs and... I feel great, so you know, thank thank God that it's it's going through. I mean, we're a consumer like nation, consumer yeah. population, consumer generation even, and like we want to buy the next thing that'll help us improve and work faster. I mean, coffee. I'm drinking coffee right now because it's early and I didn't go to the gym. Usually, if I go to the gym, I'll have like a little pre-workout and then I'll be fine the rest of the day. Yeah. Take a nap between lunch and dinner, but other than that, I mean, that though. It clears the brain fog. Like after COVID, also I was just, I wasn't 100%. You yeah. know? I would forget things and I would just space out. But I mean, I tried Alpha Brain and that was amazing. And it was just crazy expensive. But this is just another level, natural stuff. Yeah, try it out. Yeah, I mean, on your, whenever like you can. It's, uh, yeah, it's interesting. Like uh, you mentioned COVID and that's kind of where you know, my issues just rolled up out of nowhere. I was kind of just a normal human being taking pre-workouts. And, you know, uh, I don't even know if it was COVID. 
so uh, I don't know if, if you have the time for this, this, this boring story, but I kind of got hit with some sort of ailment mm. for a couple of days. It was like five, six days. Is it during COVID? It was, it was right before COVID, so a month before COVID. Interesting. So, and it was around wintertime, because I think COVID took off like that March. Yes. Um, and this happened to me probably late January to February, and, um, you know, I kind of um, had like 103, 104 fever for like four or five days, mm -hmm. and was completely fine after that. Mm -hmm. uh, I was completely normal. Um, felt like I was going to die during that time, but after, it just kind of went away. You know, I went during that time to get a flu test or whatever. It's like, oh, it's not flu. Mm. And I was like, oh, it's really bad for not being a flu, you know? Um, and then, uh, you know, like literally a month after that, I kind of just started experiencing this sensation of being dizzy, mm. uh, just getting like vertigo. This is a very odd situation, but long story short, I mean, uh, I think it may have been COVID. I mean, people were still getting it. It just wasn't reported as much in February. I think my brother-in-law actually had it in February. When did they shut down everything? When did they shut down New York? I thought it had to be like April. I would say April. April, yeah. right? Yeah. But he, he got sick in February. No, he got sick in February. Yeah. Because he actually, I think they, they slowly closed everything in February, end of February, because he was on the last train home before they stopped transportation completely. Oh, man. And he was in his room for five days. He didn't leave. And he said he had the flu. But then later on, he's like, no, guys, yeah, I had COVID. Yeah, it's pretty wild, though. Like, some of the things I hear from people, like, oh, I had this weird symptom. And, you know, like, mm -hmm. I lost, like, you know, my sense of taste. I was like, like, yeah. It just affected so many different people in so many different ways. Um, but, yeah, now it's like, oh, it's not a thing. You know, just, yeah, just go take out, a pill, you know, you'll be whatever. fine. Like, oh, I got COVID last week. And now it's, it's just... It's crazy how quickly the world has kind of changed, too. Yeah, it's sad because so many fat cats benefited from tragedy like that. Yeah, and I think it's also like, you look back at like, you know, history, right? Like everybody at one point was like, had the first flu. Yeah. Right? So they're like, oh my God, we have the flu. Like no one go out and it's craziness. Yeah. And now it's like, I got the flu. Yeah. So it. You know, times change. I was and, reading up on it, like in the, I think it was 1920s. Right. They would beat people and put them in jail if they were out during quarantine, you know? It yeah. was like heavy duty stuff. Yeah, it's, it's wild uh, how quickly, you know, I mean, that's what, that's what we're good at, right? We're humans, we adapt, we evolve, you know, kind of learn to move on. Yeah, it's crazy. With the struggles you have. It's crazy, especially with like these drug companies racing to create a cure. Yeah. And then... For example, Pfizer getting fined like 1.4 billion. I don't even know for what, but fined by the government. Right. But I don't know. We don't know what's going on behind closed doors. We can only uh, speculate. Speculate, right? Just like another segue into aliens. <laughs> okay, great. I knew this was going to come up. I know we had this conversation briefly while having dinner. Yeah, after, you know, we had that brief conversation because your phone is always listening to you, TikTok just started like showing me alien stuff. You know, a lot of people were saying this to me too, like Instagram will pop up feeds, yeah. what they were talking about. I mean, my theory with that is that because Amazon owns like 60 or 70% of the internet via their servers, right? they are always listening because your phone is always listening. Advertisers are always listening and when they hear that, they just feed the servers somehow. Alexa's always listening. Yeah, fun fact, if you, Listen to music, and then you open the Amazon app, the, you'll hear the decibels drop noticeably. All right, I gotta, I gotta test that out. Yeah, because they don't let you use your app unless I think you say yes to all the user agreements, which in there says probably we're listening always. Right. Yeah, it's, uh, it's interesting with the, the topic of aliens. There's actually, I was watching something. Um, it's like a Netflix series, a new one out right now. It's called like Encounters. Encounters. Yeah. Ooh. It's actually quite good. Um, Cause uh, I think like it was the first episode uh, kind of talked about like a town of people mm -hmm. uh, just constantly having these uh, kind of experiences of seeing things in the sky in their town. I forget the town. It's probably some remote town. Mm. Um, 
But, uh, you know, someone had come forward and kind of, you know, told the police station, like, hey, you know, we're seeing these lights. And then they opened up a forum for who else has been seeing this. Yeah. And, like, the next day, literally, like, 300, 500 people from the town showed up there. They had to, like, close the doors because (laughs) that's how many people said they were seeing these things. Yeah. So it's kind of insane. What do they see? They said they were seeing lights in the sky. Um, and like very odd kind of maneuvering objects, like things we wouldn't think were possible yeah. uh, as what we know as, you know, you know, uh, engineering of aircrafts mm-hmm. that we have. Yeah. Um, so it, it's, it's always interesting to me. Like I, I always tend to be uh, uh, speculative about one person saying something, but if you have a town of people yeah. saying they said, like, are they all in on this lie? Yeah. Um, like who's giving them a dollar each to say that? And, and it's not, it, to me too, it's, it's also like, you know, we always like jump to the, oh, it's aliens. Maybe it's not, right? Maybe mm. it's just uh, the government has, you know, technology that, you know, that I mean, we don't know about and they're not sharing. They are, I mean, what was it, two months ago, some dude went in front of Congress under oath to talk right. about aliens, technology. And I don't know how that didn't make news around the world. But he was talking about, like, the, the flying tic-tac that uh, all the pilots were seeing and reporting the unidentified objects. Right. And they said most of the time they were just being dismissed, but they were logged in as something they saw because the rules are you have to log whatever you see. And a lot more of these pilots said they would see a flying tic-tac defying gravity and stuff like that. Only for this dude, I think he was saying that, yeah, those are ours. We have an alien aircraft. We reverse engineered. Mm-hmm. What do they say? I don't know when, 20s or 40s? And I don't know. I mean, someone's like, yeah, we had an alien that we uh, talked to and everything like that. And Area 20 is Area 21 or 51 or whatever. 51, area right. 51 is where they test out all the aircrafts that they built. Right. So it's like, all right, I guess everything from the movies and TV shows is true, but no one cares. Yeah, it's... Uh... And that's what's kind of interesting, too, because I think there was a blast in the New York Times about that coming out. Mm-hmm. And, like, you would think that, you know, we'd be more receptive to this than Barbie, you know? Yeah, but, oh, my God. Um, I, yes. Uh, it, it's kind of, even if it's not, right? Like, like I said, again, people just tend to think, like, oh, like, you're quack for believing that there's, yeah. like, aliens. Not even, like, the fact of aliens, the technology, right? Mm-hmm. And that kind of... Um, Brings me to another guy, too. Uh, this guy named Bob Lazar. I don't know if you've heard of this guy. He was on the Rogan podcast. His too. show, Ancient Apocalypse, on Netflix. No, that's, that's another guy. That's another guy. That's yeah. a good show, too. But they did reference Bob Lazar a lot. Yeah, so that guy, Bob, has a very interesting story. He, um, I think he was uh, some sort of engineer. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't know what specification, but I, I guess he worked on airplanes. or mm-hmm. He was designing some sort of... Uh, airplane too and he kind of got a you know a gig to work at a top secret facility area 51 exactly yeah and that's what it was actually um so i think he got a gig to work um there it was top secret whatnot and he talked about uh how the access levels to even getting there were absolutely insane like you would take a bus and drop you off you get picked up by another bus yeah and no one person kind of knew what the other person was working on. Interesting. Because that's the way, like, you know, when you get to those higher levels of the government, mm-hmm. like, it makes sense. You wouldn't want, you just want to know a specific detail of your task. Sounds like a Marvel movie where they can't tell <laughs> anyone about. Just right. say your lines to this dummy. Like, we don't know the end goal, but yeah. we know that my purpose in this goal is this one thing, and that's all I'm supposed to know. Interesting. So that was his deal, but his actual deal was reverse engineering uh-huh. an aircraft. Really? And that aircraft was this extraterrestrial, apparently, aircraft. And mm. he said that, yeah, his whole thing was, too, is I don't really care mm. if there are aliens, but um, is there anything that could have made this on this Earth with yeah. the components that are in it? Absolutely not. And when they're reverse engineering it, they, they couldn't even figure out how this thing worked. Yeah. Um, it's taking years. They've had this thing since, like, the 1920s or 30s. Yeah. And they couldn't even figure out how it works out. So he found it more interesting as I'm more interested in the tech, mm-hmm. right? Like this tech is so far advanced. Yeah. Um, 
And that was his thing is like, how does this work? Because if we could figure out how this works, the benefits we could have as a society to have propulsion without gas or any of these things. And, you know, it's like it's like um, never ending energy in a sense. Well, think about it. We've had that before thousands of years ago in ancient Egypt. Mm -hmm. I would like to think that because to this day, the best minds in the world doesn't know how we built those pyramids. That's, that's true. Right? Like, they just put on pictures, oh, they're just pushing it up a hill. Right. It's like, really? Like, 10 tons of bricks being pushed up a hill on logs? I heard, I, you know, it's kind of funny you said that. I heard a recent story, and I don't know, so don't quote me on this, but the new thought is that they were moving clay up there. Okay. And then making the stone in place. Interesting. Interesting. So making the actual stone as you go, that would make sense. That would make sense, but that's a buttload of clay. Uh, Yeah, I mean. And it's heavier because it's like wet. uh, Yeah, my Egyptian brothers are are strong people. So Uh, I I, I don't know. I mean, those guys probably could do it. um, I mean, that would also have to like. I mean, we don't really know the exact amount of number of slaves, but that means that right, yeah, they probably had mass thousands, hundreds of thousands of slaves. It is interesting, though, because even in other parts of the world, you see like, I don't know, it's like Peru, where there's actual engravings and stones. And yes. they've talked about how that's not really possible to get that precise without having some sort of laser technology. Yes. Like, all right, who, who had a laser back then, right? You yeah. Know, so. And they're still finding, like, these rooms and caverns in the pyramids all over the world still. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's interesting how, um, you know, uh, folks like to dismiss, right, mm. like, people who talk on the topics of, of these kind of, like, well, how did this, you know, work? But I, I, I always feel like, well, why aren't we thinking about this, right? Like, yeah. we should know where we came from, right? Yeah. Or we should know, you know, you know, where we came from so we know where we're going. Yeah. Um, and if there are, you know, any sorts of intelligent life, I, I always tend to think, um, you know, uh, I don't know, what, what, what would be their purpose, right? Like, why, why would they be coming here? Why would they be concerned? Like, because to them, and I'm not saying I'm either or, but I look at it kind of, someone made the analogy, it's like you walking on a sidewalk and you see an ant-like colony on the mm. floor. Why would I stop? Yeah. Unless there's some purpose in, hey, maybe they're doing something wrong and they're going to destroy the environment. I mean, also, you'll have that one out of ten and be like, I'm curious to see what they're going to do next. And those people have the most time. I mean, children. Right. Children will stop about 99% of the time just to see how cool it is, because they've never seen it before. Right. So maybe aliens have an innocence like that, where they're so advanced, they're just bored. So they want to just travel the galaxies and find such primitive population like us, back in the Stone Age. And they're like, we're going to spark something so you can see fire. And they're like, look at how crazy those guys are getting. Or be like, we're going to show you how to make a wheel. Let's cut some stones of wheels and see what they're going to do. Right. You know? Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, that you, your mind kind of travels, right, when you, when you start thinking about this. But I think it's, it's good to kind of look into those things. Like, oh, we yeah. should explore that. We right? should. We, mean, shouldn't, we shouldn't kind of bash folks who kind of want to entertain that idea either, because yeah. I think it's, you know. I mean, like, for example, those two alien bodies from Mexico that were mummified. Yeah. And they just show them to the world, and they're like, guys, these are aliens. <laughs> and then NASA's like, well... Send us, send us a sample. Right. But I think, I mean, you can't trust everything in of course any not. third world country. Yeah. But Mexico says that they did like DNA testing and everything, and there's like several strands that are not of this world. Like we're closely related to like monkeys DNA wise. Right. But this one is like totally different. Yeah, it's, uh, it's definitely a topic that. Um... But Mexico shouldn't just be the ones to research it. Right. And I think there should be, like, you know, legitimate folks around the world. But, you know, the, the thing that comes, too, is that I feel like this is, like, from what, um, you know, I kind of read about, it's not just, like, it's happening in the U.S. Yeah. Right? Like, you have reports of, like, these things happening in Pakistan and, like, India and, like, you know, hotspots around the world. Yeah. And, and kind of, oddly enough, 
when natural disasters are happening, like when certain events are happening, um, you know, I think there was one uh, I was reading about where there was an earthquake about to happen in Japan. Mm -hmm. And right before that, there were numerous sightings of, you know, on an animals, animal right? Wasn't it animals just like running away or something? Well, not even that. It was, uh, there was reports of unidentified flying objects oh. in the area where the earthquake was taken off. And then like two days later, there was an earthquake. Wow. So Japan, you know, they have a place called the dry, uh, dragon's triangle where they find like up to 200 new species of fish a year. Oh, wow. That's insane. And they think that's like a white hole. In the water, whereas like Bermuda Triangle is the black hole. Right. Stuff just pops out of it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I hope everyone Googles all of this. Uh, we're not professionals. Yeah, so fact checking. We're just chatting, you know. Yeah. But to talk about the mind, how hard is it to be, I mean, people are going to make fun of me for asking this, but how hard is it to be a working man, family man in 2023? Uh, it's tough, man. You know, uh, I, I myself have two kids, a six-year-old and a two-year-old, and they will keep us quite busy. I usually say my second job starts at, you know, six o'clock, right? Yeah. Um, you know, I'm a nine-to-five guy, too, but um, it's definitely challenging because I, I'd, I'd say, um, you know, you have to be able to devote that time to because mm -hmm. you know every every guy gets home and and they're they're tired yeah. right? you're tired from a long day but you gotta really try and focus to make that time for the kids mm -hmm. um at least you know an hour two hours uh my wife actually is, she's great man you know I'm not just saying that <laughs> um, not because there's cameras on us nah. <laughs> she's great you know she actually implemented a rule where at least in the summertime as soon as she gets home you know it kind of get the kids some food but we have park time right like it's yes. it's at least an hour mm -hmm. every single day after school um and that's that's the time to just be with the kids and let them kind of run free because you know they they need to be able to experience that time with us right yeah like granted you know i'm a first generation you know pakistani american right like yeah. so my parents really busted their you know what yeah. to mm -hmm. kind of get us ahead and they didn't have that time and nor did they kind of i guess make that time sometimes yeah because they come from a background of you know <clears throat> we just work and kind of got to get stuff done and that's mm -hmm. what it is and i respect them for that <coughs> and uh they didn't have much and they yeah. kind of built me up to what i am today but we have that we right? have we have that yes, kind do. of um uh gift or uh you know blessing yeah. of being able to give time to our kids um, so it would just make us, I feel like as a man, you know, in, in this world, uh, we have to be able to keep that conditioning in our minds that we need to give back to our kids too. Mm -hmm. And not just in the sense of here's your tuition money, yeah. right. Or here's your lunch money. Uh, we have to give them that emotional side too. Yeah. What are they going to actually remember? I mean, you're hundred percent right. So like we'll use my example. And this is just experience, like growing up like you, first yeah. generation, right? It's tough. It's like, I can't do the things that my American friends are doing, but I kind of get it, but I don't, you know? And then if you ask your parents, they really don't explain it to you. They just say, because I said so. Right. And then you're like, well, then I'm going to do it, right? right? And then next thing you know, you just thinking, yeah, I shouldn't have done it. <laughs> I should have listened to my parents. Right. But then you don't want to give them the satisfaction that they were right. Because then, in a way, you end up, as a young person, you want to be independent, but then you don't know how to do it. And it takes parents to say, listen, I'm going to explain to you. I'm going to take the time. But in the end, you have to listen to me. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it's a, it's tough balancing act, too, especially, like, you know, when we were kids, we didn't have access to all this internet and technology. Oh, no, right? definitely not. So, like, half the stuff that, like, I have to monitor on my yeah. kid's iPad, like, yep. what are they watching? There's a whole other complexity there, too, right? I have like, to block half these things that pop up. Yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy, but... Um, like Ninja Kids. 
Yeah, I blocked that right away because Ninja Kid sounds cool until they're I think just. My kid's watching that one right now. Yeah, we'll block it because then they start <laughs> right. talking about like boyfriend and girlfriend and everyone's oh, right. swimming together. So that's why she goes hiding in the corner. Okay. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's why I'm just like, well, what are you watching? Someone was talking about like Barbie and how you have to take 20 Instagram pictures just to look cool, and I'm just like, yeah, we're deleting that yeah. that channel right away. It's scary, dude. It is scary. I I think though, like. The things that are out there now probably were there when we were around, but we just didn't have that access to like that information so quickly. Like these kids have everything at their fingertips. And now I have my six-year-old asking me like, daddy, when am I getting a, a cell phone? No. And I'm like, yeah. I, you know, I, I got my first cell phone my first year of college. Oh yeah. I think it was like prepaid too. Uh-huh. That was like, here's the cell phone yeah. and here's a credit card. Um, and you only use it in times of emergency. Uh, that was a tool then. Yeah. It was like, you, you didn't touch that thing unless, you know. Yeah. Now it's a multi-tool. Yeah. Now it's, you know, <coughs> kids are in, uh, you know, middle school and they all have phones. So I was working yesterday and this family came in to celebrate this 13 year old's birthday. And I've known those kids since they were tiny and yeah. they were so fun. I mean, they still are fun. They would bring in their notebooks, color, and stuff like that. But you see such a huge transition with these children when you give them a screen and a phone. Because these kids could not put their phone down for one second. They were taking 20 selfies everywhere. It's like, wow. So you're sharing that with who and for what purpose? Right. You know? Yeah, yeah, I noticed it too. And, And, you know... Uh, I'm probably uh, to blame as well. I mean, we're all we've all you, been there. You know, yeah. it's like sometimes you wanna you wanna go out to dinner with your whole family, and yeah. you got a two year old, and the only way to shut him up is by giving him the iPad. Yeah. And it's like you know, back before I you know even had kids, um, I always thought like I'm never gonna get my kid. Oh. Uh, a I phone was in the same boat. I was in the same boat. They're never gonna do. And I was like, no, like. You're, it, it's going to happen. But regardless, though, I look back at it, too, as uh, talking to uh, someone about this. I'm like, you know, we were raised on MTV. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, like, no, right. Uh, I remember waking up, eating my breakfast, watching TV, and then going yeah. to school. It was like the worst possible TV, too, sometimes. And it's like, oh, well, it turned out okay. Yeah. Um, I mean, we're not, like, living like the real world. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and you know, our family, we still have values too. You know, we, we kind of make sure that we're instilling those values. Um, you know, I, I feel like it, it's a lot of, it's a learning process too, right? For you as a, as a parent. Mm-hmm. When I had my first kid, um, I was scared to death. I was sitting in the, in the hospital room and I'm like, oh my God, like, what do I do? Yeah. Right? Like, you're, you don't know what you just do. I feel like people say that, like, they're like, Oh, it's just innate and you'll just learn. Yeah, yeah you but, do learn to adapt. Yeah, you do. You listen to everything the nurse tells you. Yeah, but then, you know, when you got a crying child on your shoulder and that kid has a 104 temperature at uh, night. Yeah. You know, what do you do? Do I go to the hospital or, uh, you know, like, how do I resolve this? And you're still kind of young. I mean, we were young. I remember there was a specific time, too. My kid had 104 temperature mm-hmm. and she was only like three or four months. Yeah. And we're like freaking out and, you know. Thank God, our pediatrician who's a saint. Yeah. Um, the guy picks up his phone at like two in the morning, uh, and he's like, "Oh, don't worry. Yeah. You know, we just gotta bring that temperature down, you know." And yeah, give Tylenol. Yeah. And it's just that that act too of like the comforting of, yeah. uh, you know, he he was he was more nurturing as yeah. a as a human to human. I'm a parent too. You're gonna yeah. be fine. <laughs> like you don't understand that. Yeah. At that point in your life, you're like, okay, like. There's thousands, millions of people that have done this before me, mm-hmm. and we'll figure it out. You know, it's just, I mean, like, parents, yeah. another good uh, crutch to fall on just in case anything happens. They've yeah. been through it before, you know? Like, yeah. Like, my son or my daughter, when they had a fever, you know, you give Tylenol, and you're like, all right, it's not going down fast enough, what should I do? They're like, just get a cold washcloth, right? you know, or a little right. bit of ice. Yeah. yeah. Put on their body wherever it's hot. And it does wonders. Too. Oh, yeah, yeah. But it's just like, okay, you have to go through it to know what to do, what to prepare for. 
Yeah. It's, it's, it's definitely like a, it's always like an up and down, right? Like even, you know, the wash cloth thing, we had to do that because at one point, like this was a year ago when they didn't yeah. have Tylenol. Yeah. It was like a Tylenol shortage, a Motrin shortage. Now there's a muffler shortage right now. A what? A muffler shortage. A muffler? It makes no sense. Right? Yeah. Well, there's a lot of uh, kind of, <coughs> yeah, supply chain kind of issues. But we're like three years past COVID. It doesn't make sense. At this yeah. point, you know, I asked the, when we were looking for a car for myself and everything was dwindling, there wasn't enough supply, but the prices were astronomical, right? I asked the car guy, I said, listen, so you're telling me that they made X amount of cars. Right. And they're just squeezing a little like week by week. And the point is to drive demand. Mm -hmm. And their excuse is not a chip shortage anymore. It's not COVID, but corporate greed. The guy's like, right. yeah, it's 100% corporate greed. Yeah, I mean, it's the nature of uh, business too, it's, or at least here in a sense, the exploitation of people. Yeah. Um, but you know, it is, it is what it is. And we're still gonna probably buy the car. Yeah, I lease the car. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, I got a, I got a, I got a new Wrangler. Oh, nice. Hybrid. Surprising is the most sold hybrid in 2023. So I'm like, okay. I mean, it's still a Jeep. But to be honest. Oh, yeah. <coughs> Those cars go forever, man. Yeah, they that go forever. Sense. And the thing is that, like, I wanted a safe car again. Yeah. Not saying that my Audi was safe or not safe. But when you get behind a luxury car yeah, and yeah. the engine is, like, German made. Yeah, and you just different gun feel. It. Yeah, uh, I used to have a what was it a? I forget the name, but it was a Jeep as well. Um, Cherokee. Like older. No, it wasn't a Cherokee. Uh, I forget now. But um, the thing is, a tank. I actually gave it to my dad. Actually, my brother gave me that car. Yeah. It was a hand me down from him. Uh huh. Then I gave it to my father. The thing was still working just fine. I think it had almost like 200 plus, yeah. you know, miles on it, 200,000 plus miles on it. But it was a tank. That thing went through everything. They last forever. And my other Jeep did last at least like eight years. I modded it and everything. They're but fun. I, yeah, they're a lot of fun. Yeah, you drive that thing snow. through everything. Yeah. yeah. Only problem was when we had that um, flood and I saved some people's lives. Uh, maybe we'll reference the last What's podcast. What's that about? So the last podcast, I had a friend, um, he was a customer turned friend. His name is John Mopper. He's a child psychotherapist. Okay. And uh, I'll send you the link. He explains the story in full detail. But long story short, he, um, that night, we closed early. <coughs> My employee stayed overnight. And um, he had ordered takeout. But then three hours later, his wife canceled because she said he's stuck in the middle of Flemington and his car is gone. Uh-huh, okay. And I'm just thinking to myself, like, this guy's such a nice guy, very positive, and, you know, I don't want anything to happen to him. I have a Jeep Wrangler lifted with a snorkel. If I don't take it out wow. to help him, I just look like the biggest poser ever. Yeah, it's of use <laughs> at that point. Right. So I went, I got his, um, his coordinates, I picked him up, drive from here to Flemington usually takes like 30 minutes, took me an hour and 45 back roads and everything, rivers I had to go through. Yeah. Uh, I made a YouTube yeah. video. It was insane. I saw a log hit an uh, electrical pole and got stuck in a live wire and was just sparking on fire. Oh, my God. That was crazy. But um, picked him up, and I drove him back. He lives down the street from here. And okay. I dropped him back there, and before uh, he got out of the car, I gave him his takeout. Uh -huh. I said, here's your food drive. It's kind of like uh, it's kind of like um, Castaway with Tom Hanks. Yeah, you know he got that one package he didn't open, and he he made it his purpose to survive and live to deliver that package. Yeah, that was, was a, a I saw that a long time ago. Was it Wilson? Yeah, the ball. Oh, that was the yeah. most saddest. It was a long scene. movie too, right? Yeah, it was very long. It was like two yeah. and a half hours. Yeah, it was a long time ago. Um, yeah, yeah, you know what? Speaking of movies, I don't like. Movies kind of suck these days. They know, definitely man. suck now. Like, I mean, what was the last good movie that you can even remember? I mean, like, honestly, uh, there was a one Netflix movie with, uh, the, what was it, the Captain America guy. Or not the Captain America. Steve Rogers. It was Extraction. Was that a... Yeah, that was a spy movie. Yeah, that was, that was pretty decent. That was fun. Um, they made two of them. But, like, yeah, other than that, there's, uh, there's no movies where they, like, stand out. Like, we used to have these movies like Good Will Hunting. I like... Huge, like, I rewatched that again 
just because the That's raw motion, yeah. dude. That raw motion. Oh, it's great. Man. When he like he tells him it's not his fault. Yeah. And I also miss Robin Williams. He was a big part of my childhood. It's that sort of like storytelling, yeah. Right, where you can feel that character, what they're going through, how they've changed. There's no real movies out there that. You it's know, not about the of, script or the writing anymore. It's about the budget and the CGI and how much can you make something look real. And that just makes it even more fake to me. I mean, it's... like, look, look at an example. Um, that Keanu Reeves movie, John Wick. John Wick, right. First one is still the best, yeah. right? But after they quadrupled his budget and made it like, it's like, how much can a guy take a beating in bullets? Yeah. It just keeps going, too, and it's, it just gets tired of it. Even, <laughs> like, honestly... Uh, I'm not a fan of Marvel. Like, I'm mm. just, I'm not that type of, like, as I feel like they just keep abusing that sort of, like, genre. Just keep yeah. on, like, creating more and more, and it just, like, takes so much away from it. That's true. When they, you had, like, the Dark Knight, like, it was, like, that was one thing. Yeah. And it was done. That's like, if I, if I had a billion dollars, I can do that, too, you know? Right. <coughs> but but um, that had some great storytelling, too, no, it, right? Like, great twists, too. Yeah. Um, and just like dark, even actually that newer one, it was halfway decent. The Robert yeah. Pattinson one. Yeah, it was too long. Yeah, but it was good. It was dark, like literally, like the movie was dark. Yeah, uh, like you couldn't make out stuff in it too sometimes. Yeah, and I remember the director was like, "Yeah, we did it on purpose so that you can like stay into the story and focus." It's like, dude, I want to watch a movie yeah. for entertainment. You know? They tried to take more of that like actual crime kind yeah. of comic book feel I think but and I like how they almost film every uh, Batman movie in Newark like parts of it oh yeah yeah F funny story actually um, uh, I recently moved but I used to live in Jersey City about mm. well, it's been maybe two three years now um, and at that time I think maybe a year prior to that they filmed Joker there Oh yeah, like literally. Oh, the down staircase the block. is there too, right? Like where he's the dancing. The staircase, I think, is in New York. Okay, I'm, I'm not sure if it's Brooklyn, but the scene where he's actually going into his workplace. Yeah, that's the old Lowe's Theater in Jersey City. Oh. It's right by the Journal Square area, um, and that's like a landmark. Uh, it's been there since like the early 1900s or whatever. Yeah. Um, but it was crazy because they filmed some of those shoots like uh, there was like Gotham police cars like oh, on my GCPD. block. Yeah, it was it was pretty cool to see yeah. that. But that was actually a great film too. You know, Joker was one of the first films that didn't make mental illness like a taboo thing. Right. But it opened people's eyes to like if society doesn't pay attention, or even if your neighbors or friends don't pay attention, or family. This is what may happen. Yeah. You know? It's definitely something that I think, you know, at least um, in this society, I don't even think it's a cultural thing, too, because, like, to be honest, yeah, in my culture, I feel like it's, you're not supposed to really show that sort of emotion, yeah. even as a man, right? Like, you're not supposed to kind of show that sort of, uh, you know, you're having an issue, you're having some sort of problem. And I feel like that's the reason why a lot of times, like, people fall into drugs, they fall yeah. into these sort of bad habits or, you know, bad things in their life. Um, I think it's a, it's a global issue, too, right? It is, um, it is. <coughs> People just, they need someone to talk to when it comes to these things to help figure things out, you know? Yeah. I, I mean, I will say in our culture, as well as just in general, especially in America, is like, we are quick to point out problems. Yeah. We have insecurities and we react instead right. of taking 10 seconds to like just think and see why did that person say that or why am I thinking like this? Let's find a solution so we can move on from this and be positive together. Right. Right. That almost never happens. Yeah. People it's... don't collect themselves after they react too. They just get right. worse and worse. Yeah. And it's, it's tough too because um, when you have this upbringing, right, yeah. as a child, um, to dumb that down, to not voice that, like, yeah. you know, men are not supposed to cry, you know, yeah. men are not supposed to, you know, talk about their problems, right, mm. um, you kind of create this, this, you know, global phenomenon of just having, you know, 
mental disorders and issues like that. Yeah, I can guarantee there's, there's tons of people I know right now that are going through some wild stuff yeah. that are completely silent about it. Yeah. Um, but uh, it's definitely important to you know, speak up. And it's not even the fact of like, look, we're two dudes sitting here talking. Yeah. Um, just talking is great, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, I think, I think that's probably one of the number one things that someone just needs to do is just to, hey, man, like, how's it going? Yeah. Right? Like, generally ask the question and generally answer that question. Right. Yeah. I mean, like, I mean, I listen to all of these podcasts and everything like that. And uh, there's a couple of things. Like, I saw a little thing with Anthony Mackie where he was talking about if he comes home from work, yeah. he does expect, you know, his wife or girl to maybe make a sandwich or see if he's hungry. Right. And the host was like, no, why should she do anything for you? Uh-huh. And then he's like, well, if someone, I guess, tries to steal your purse, or if you're going in the car and you want someone to open the door for you, or if someone just says something nasty about you, who do you expect to defend call. your honor? Yeah, right. your man. So if your man comes home from a long day at work and he expects something small, you know, why not? Right. Yeah, and I, I absolutely agree. I feel like, look, you know, in my mind, there's... There's roles, right? Mm -hmm. uh, you know, and at least from what I believe in, I think it's in the same perspective, right? Like, mm -hmm. my wife takes care of me in a certain way. Yeah. And I make sure I take care of her and my family in a certain way. Exactly. Um, and I think that's something to be valued. That's something to be cherished. That's, that's love, right? Yeah. You know, that uh, I'm the protector of my family. Yep. Right? That's what I give back to them. I make sure there's a roof over our heads. Mm -hmm. um, so if it's so hard for me to ask for a sandwich coming <laughs> home from work, then there's obviously a problem there. Um, it's, it's, so we look at it as like, all right, there's a problem, right, in that specific situation. Then there's lack of communication. You know, right. I've been married now like almost 17 years. Wow. And it's, there's ups and downs like any marriage, especially when kids are involved, in-laws, mm -hmm. parents, right. even siblings from both sides. I've learned the hard way that it's better to just keep everyone out so that way there's no prejudice or finger pointing when it comes to discussing a problem at hand or trying to understand. A lot of people don't understand whenever there's an argument. What needs to happen is one person and the other person is supposed to communicate how they feel, their frustrations, and then say, okay, help me understand that. Right. Which most of the time no one does because they're angry or they're calling names right. and stuff. And it's a chemical reaction in the brain, yeah. honestly, you know, from complaining to pointing fingers to trying to be right. And what does that do? Like if you're a third person watching you and your significant other argue, that third person's like, I'm wasting my time. Like right. what's going on here? <coughs> I yeah. don't know. I've become more solutions driven since like we're running this business and the new business and stuff is just I don't want to waste time I want to make sure everyone's happy everyone gets paid customers are very happy and they come back right but unfortunately you know people just have egos or insecurities and you don't want to fault them at that but you more want to ease them into learning the habits even micro habits of right. being better even if they don't know it right but you don't want to just say, I'm doing it for you. You want to just be like, I want to show you. Right. It's tough, especially with your spouse. Yeah, <laughs> you know? it's, it's tough, but you know, it's, it's definitely a growing uh, kind of <coughs> period that I think really like never ends. Right? It'll never end until right. one person dies or the other, <laughs> yeah. you know, until uh, sickness I mean, and in health, right? I hope, we get, I hope we get it some point in time where we kind of, you know, but you know, there becomes a, a, a mutual understanding to, um, you know, in the respects of uh, learning how to control tempers, right? Like you yeah. said, when, when you have two people screaming at each other, two people disagreeing on it, it's probably best to just let it cool off, right? Yeah. Just let it go. Go to the gym and go come back. Go to the back. gym. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, maybe don't go to the gym at that second. Oh, yeah, but, not yeah. at like two in the morning, right? <laughs> yeah. But the thing is what I learned is, and I learned because I've seen my parents have nasty fights growing yeah. up. And they're not from the same culture. You know, my mom's Filipino, my dad's Afghan. 
right? She converted okay, cool. at the wedding and, you know, it was a learning process for her. Right. Even to this day, right? But the thing is what I've learned is that like, even if you don't think you're wrong or if you know you're wrong, you should be the first one to be like, listen, don't apologize for like what you think you were doing right or wrong. Right. <coughs> apologize for either creating or giving into a situation where things got out of him. Right. You know? Like if you strongly believe that you're right, just say, I'm sorry that I came off that way. Yeah. I still think I'm right, but please help me understand. And I learned that the hard way. I mean, watching your parents fight your yeah. whole life kind of like messes your head. Yeah. But then also you're just like, I'm never going to do that to my kids growing up. Yeah, it's, it's definitely, um, you know, here and there, obviously, you watch your parents fight. And then sometimes you get caught in this mix of like, oh, my God, like, I'm just like my dad. And you Dude, that's the worst. And, and you know, I've, I've been in that place where I've kind of like looked at my wife and like, let's go to another room right now. Yes. Because, you know, we can hash it out, whatever. We'll figure it out yeah. right, at the end of the day. But what they take away from it is something else that we completely do not know how it's going to affect them later on, right? That's something that we really have grown, I guess, to, to notice, like, yeah, things we say, they, they're like sponges, and they'll Super kind of just, spongy. you know, they'll kind of just, you know, take all of that in. Yeah, like, look um, at, for example, today, like, it's funny that you said that. This morning, my son, he still has pull-up diapers. He's in pre-K, right? Yeah. So my wife is like, can you change his diaper? He's a stupid rash we have to get rid of. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah. So I put the, uh, the stuff down, and I go in the other room, and then my son comes back and says, like, Daddy, change my diaper. I have a stupid rash. Like, Dude, no, don't say that word. Yeah. Just say you have a rash. Yeah, but he dude. learned that from his mom, because if she can say it, he thinks it's okay. Yeah. You know, it's, it's crazy. Like, another example. I was leaving to go to work yesterday, yeah. and I was a bit not annoyed, but I was just tired. Right? You know when you're tired, you don't want to really deal with things. Right. But my kids, they always do this. They come up to me um, like at 4 when I'm leaving, 4.30, and they're just telling me, don't leave. Stay. I have to stay. Yeah. Right? And that breaks every parent's heart right. all the time whenever you're going to work. And you remember yourself doing that to your parents too. Yeah. So, I mean, I did this outside where the ring camera is. And I, you know, I just said, okay, guys, I have to go. I love you. I'm going to try and work hard so that we can have more time together. But then when I look at the camera, I'm just like, man, I'm just like, I'm like annoyed, you know? I could just be more enthusiastic or more caring, but right. like, you need to be aware of the present because the present is all we have. Yeah. It's, it's funny you say that, that, because I was having a conversation with some coworkers about how, um, you know, what would you rather do in life, right? Like. Uh, I used to work in banking and oh, uh, banking. Yeah, and it was it was quite challenging because um, uh, I, I worked for Goldman Sachs at the time. I'll oh just put goodness. it out there. I'm done with them anyways. It doesn't yeah. matter. Um, and it was the first year actually of me being married. So I would get oh. into the office probably around like 6.30 in the morning, 7 a.m. In the city? At like, uh, in, actually, they were in Jersey City in okay. Exchange Place. Um, but I was living in Rahway at the time. Um, but yeah, I would get in at 6.37, and then I'd be leaving at like, you know, 11.30, 12 at night, every day. It was the first year of marriage, right? My wife's like, what the hell, this guy's never around, yeah. right? I was like, you know, what choice do I have? We didn't have kids at the time, I had yeah. to grind. So I knew that wasn't really the place for me. Yeah. Um, and, you know, kind of paid my dues, got in the trenches, Worked, uh, worked, worked hard, um, and then kind of left there. But I had this thought, just bring it back. Um, some people, my followers used to say mm. the saying of, work hard now mm. so you can enjoy your life later. Mm. And then someone at work was saying, well, you know, the one thing most people, when they ask them regret in their life is working less yeah. and having time with <coughs> kids. And I kind of like weigh that too like what makes more sense should I like you know cut out those meetings and kind yeah. of make that time for kids or do I actually work you know my ass off right yeah. now and hope they have a better life later 
it's this constant struggle of like, what's right? Yeah. Right? And I don't know. I, I mean, I something mean, I haven't figured out. Listen, I think you do know, and you've already been acting upon it without right. even actually knowing subconsciously. Because you just told me earlier, you guys have an hour or a day or whatever to go to the park with the kids. That's, that's a good point. You know? So you guys are trying. I would, I mean, that's perfect and amazing advice. Anyone who's listening who doesn't have kids or has kids but want to spend more time should do. Right. I would advise, like, people who are listening who don't have kids but want to set up so that they have that time. Like, children are innocent. Right. Right? So you give them a ball. You give them, like, a nice new T-shirt, bright colored. They'll love you forever. Right. They will That's be so playing true. with it, you know? That's so true. So if you're saying to your kid, I used to take my daughter outside for a walk when she was able to walk. And I said, you know what? Let's go for a walk. Right. And just the stimulation from seeing the sky, the sun, the yeah. birds, the trees, she was having the like best time of her life, yeah. you know. And these kids, they like you know, like your kids, they just want to run around. They right. just want to be kids. Well, I think the other thing too is they, it, it's not even the act of like, okay, let's go to the park. They just want time with you. Yes. That's it. You know, if you just think about that concept too, it's quite crazy to think about this. Is that. Could you imagine just like the only thing you wanted is someone's time? Yeah. That's all they really want is your time. They just want your presence in the same room and being in there. Because sometimes I'll be like, okay, let's go to the basement. You know, we have like a whole toy setup thing. And, yeah. You know, and sometimes I'll catch myself, I'm on the phone looking at emails and they're and just like, daddy, come on, like, yeah. let's play. And it's like, I forget that. Like, it doesn't even matter if like I'm not you know, playing with that actual toy. Mm -hmm. It's just being involved with them at that yep. moment mm -hmm. that they actually want. It could be anything. It could be brushing your teeth, mm -hmm. right? Like it doesn't matter. It's just want that presence of you. Um, and it's funny enough, I brought her home. There was like a little knickknack, like a, a little fish, sponge like fish, yeah. like kind of stress ball. Yeah. And I put it on her bed because I know she likes these like squishy toys. <coughs> and she's like, oh my God, daddy, like, where'd you get that from? I was like, oh, I got it at work. You know, it was just like, hey, I'm out. she's like, oh my God, thank you so much, daddy. And it was like, really? Like, okay, yeah. like, no problem. And it's something that small, but that she felt probably that daddy got me this, yep. right? Because you thought um, about her. Right. You know? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting, uh, interesting way they think. Yeah, well, inshallah, I just pray that our kids are protected. They become much better than us and take care of us when we're old. Inshallah. But that's all the time we have right now. That was a yeah. good, good podcast. I hope, awesome. uh, thank you for taking the time off and coming out too. Yeah, no worries. And uh, we should do this more often. Sounds good. Yeah. Thanks, Thanks guys. Thanks for listening. Thanks. We'll talk to you guys in the next one.